We are live on LeechCon, on the Sportsnet podcast and video and sometimes on YouTube, but right now on Sportsnet Now Network. I'm J.D. Bunkus. He is Sam McKee. Better hair tonight. Way to go. Mm, I, feel like my camera, my, I feel like my camera's a little crooked. There we go. Yeah, Better? I feel like face, I'm in the twilight zone. I'm in the twilight zone. Face. Here. Old yeah. crooked face. How Guy are you, bud? Uh, I'm better. I liked tonight. I to- mm-hmm. I enjoyed. Hey, tonight I enjoyed watching the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a pleasurable viewing experience. Not just because of the win, but the way that they played and the way that they stuck up for each other. And so I, I think, listen, it wouldn't be a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast or a Maple Leaf product if you want to prove that you and I grew up cheering for this team. There's no better way than to start by talking about fourth line. Right over the guy, mm. over the ca- captain scores two goals. Who cares? We'll talk about <laughs> that later. We'll get there, boys. We'll get there, fellas. Um, I gotta start with the fourth line. I Keith deserves some credit. It was it's kind of a weird one because the fourth line at times is getting hemmed in. Clifford takes a penalty early. Uh, Simmons got a penalty that was just not it. Right? What a it's soft call. Jesus. Soft call. But still, My God. Two, two penalties for the for the fellas on the fourth line. But they score a goal. Nice little pass by Simmons. A little bit of a risky one that he put, like, no look into the middle of the ice. But when they work, they work, right? So he gets that. But I genuinely believe that having those guys in the lineup tonight against a team like Winnipeg, that they have a history with, that plays a real physical game, that it just kind of set the tone for what they were looking for tonight. And you saw that with Morgan Riley doing just – I. I don't normally like it when guys just get hit clean and then there's a fight. I think it's kind of dumb most of the time, and I thought that was a clean hit. Whatever. If you disagree, jump in now. Clean. No, clean. Yeah, but clean. centimeters from very bad. Close. 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 And guess what? Close enough to get the flippers off and start a ruckus. Definitely. And, and Nicky Rob is the baby. He, you know, he, listen, I, we, we were talking about this the other day about uh, who was it that uh, Labushkin smoked? Holloway? That, yeah. like, one of the best hits ever. These yeah. guys, these guys, young guys that are coming into the league, it's a, they don't expect to get hit anymore. Like these big hits, they don't feel them in junior. They don't happen as much as they used to. And I don't think Robertson, like that is the vintage spot, you know, like right inside the blue line, pucking his feet right around that blue line area is where guys get spanked. That is yeah. for my whole life. That was the spot. The trolley tracks don't go there. And trolley he, tracks. He, went, he went there, man. He went into the, he had his head down in the sweet spot. And, uh, is it Morrissey that caught him? Yeah. 44 yeah, Morrissey, Morrissey caught him. The, Good the, hit. The, the, killer, the guy who's just looking for that all game long, just and wants it so Matthews badly too, through a Neo to Matthews. Good. So I, I agree that I loved having the tough guys in there. It's to me, I mean, I'm a, I'm a product of junior hockey in the OHL. I watched junior hockey. I went, I used to go to four hour games in own sound, bud, where they're just like literally fight off every draw. Like I, I grew up with, I grew up with this in my life. I like fighting. I like this kind of thing, but I will say I, I was a little dis- disappointed in the fact that I think Marner got absolutely buried. In okay. The hold on. Yeah. Yeah. And, I agree. Uh, but and, you didn't think overall he, he, it was good. He was bloodied, and I thought there would be a response next shift. I was looking for a fight. I was looking for some blood. I'm sitting on my couch a little pissed off. I want a, a chunk of meat, and it never came. So a little disappointed in that, but I thought they did have a presence, and I thought they played fine enough. Like, they were a 100 times more noticeable than Kubel and what I, I, whoever you're putting on the fourth line. That fourth line with Camp, uh, was it Camp, Kubel, and, and uh, 
Zach Aston Reese. Like they were 10 times more noticeable. They made way more of an impact on the game tonight. I thought camp had his best game tonight playing with those guys. Just to me, having some size and some grit on the fourth line is completely fine. And it makes it all the more stupid what they were doing, effing around, sounding Kubel and trying to like, I don't think you can do this every night, but if this was not an option to be able to mix this in, it's a big time detriment that it was only an option when Murray got hurt to me. Yeah. Okay. So that that's correct. Um, a couple things there. I want to go through them one by one. The point I was kind of trying to make earlier about having those guys in the lineup, I think had the impact as to why Riley threw the like threw off the mitts and just went at it right away. Mm-hmm. I think that's why Bunting, you know, jumps in on a scrum after a sneaky dirty hit by Sandine. And also, if you're a Jets fan. I bet you your version of this show is oh, leading Jets off talk? with, hey, Jets talk tonight, they're going, our guy got buried from behind, and it was 2-1, and then the game was 3-1 <laughs> off of a power play. I'll, I'll say something unpopular on Jets talk. Cole Perfetti yeah. launched himself into the boards the second okay. he felt anything on his arm. Like, he's like, <laughs> oh! Like, it was such right. a dive. It was such right. a dive. Listen, it was in the numbers, but he yeah. launched himself straight into the boards for the effect. I'm telling you, that. That's a penalty a million sure. times out of a million. For sure, times. but it was a dive. Yeah. Sure, fine. It's a bad it was a bad hit by Sandine. No doubt. It's it's like you can't really be overly Marner's was worse, the one that he got mugged on where the ref just stared right Staring at, at it. <laughs> Staring at it. <laughs> he just He's gave there. him the He gave him the long look. He looked him down. Marner came up with a new face and he was like, What happened to you? <laughs> like, what happened well, to you? I mean, we new can... face got rearranged. But just, hold on, let me finish. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it's yeah. just it, it's just that I think that they knew they had to play physical tonight and that they needed to stick up for one another. And I think that we tend to like overvalue this. Like it's game what five? Is this game six. five? Are we six? Six. We're six. They're four and two I, now. We're game six, baby. Four and um, two. It's game six of the season. We probably won't remember this night in the middle of the year, but I do think that. It's just like anything, man. You go through it with a group and people stick up for each other. And mm. in sports, it can be physical. In life, it can just be somebody having your back. It makes you feel better. Like, it makes you feel like you want to have a beer with somebody later and talk about it, right? And that's how I feel those guys were tonight. And I think that it did have something to do with the complexion of the fourth line that you were talking about. And, okay, to me, this is something like, this is one of the topics I want to hit on you. The Bottom six still doesn't have an identity, right? Like, it's kind of, all right, there's Kerfoot and Yarncroft is basically the new uh, last year when it was uh, Camp. Remember they had the third line? It was Camp and, uh, oh, my God, I already forget Mr. Injury's name uh, from the Ducks. Go I'm, on. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Last oh, year? Yeah, the other guy, the Camp's best buddy. Uh, oh, my a... God, Andre Kasha. Yeah, Kasha. There we go. That's it. Thank you. Uh there was the comp Kasha thing where for a little while, like they were the one, two tandem on the third line. And there was a little bit of offense there and that, but they were meant to be sort of defensive. That's sort of how I feel this group still is. Right. And mm-hmm. Bourne brings up this topic all the time about how you can't put one guy in the lineup that changes that your like physical complexion of the team. But I did think that, okay, those guys clearly are four a players now, right? Simmons Clifford. I don't think they can hold up for an entire season, but what you said there, that is another just drawback of the cap like the situation that they're in, that they can't have that sort of forward depth that can come up and play with a little bit unless there's an injury. And tonight was the night to play those guys. And maybe you can go back to Kubel, even though, again, I'm just... No, thanks. I, yeah. Waivers. I don't know, uh, <laughs> with, 
waivers again. Waivers Please. again for Kubel. It's just, yeah, it's not long for him in this world. Engvall is going to draw back in at some point. I thought that it was a fair scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, he missed camp, basically. He showed up sort of out of shape, uh, or not out of shape maybe, but just like not ready to play. He had I an just, ankle thing, and it kind of looked like he was tentative. That's what that's what Keith said today when he was talking yeah. about it. That he had a, an ankle thing, and that sure. there was a tentative to his game, which I do agree with because yeah. he's a little like bit more hard. Protecting guys now, though. Keith's like, listen, I'm not ever saying anything critical about a player again. He's like, ankle's out. Why is he out? Ankle. Because tentative. He's that ah, oh, ankle's barking. It's his <laughs> ankle's barking, boys. No, he's yeah, he's angling it. I think they're trying to send a message that. They signed him this year. They kept him. They didn't trade him or they didn't let him walk. Uh, they didn't move him. They kept him because they feel like he can provide secondary scoring. And so far this year, he hasn't been very good. Either way, I think they're still searching for identity. I like the kerfoot Yarncroft tandem. I don't know how it's going to end up, whether or not they do. Like Zach Aston-Reese, again, another guy, fine penalty killer. Don't really notice him five on five ever. Um, either way, the, the search is going to continue. And I actually like having a competition of guys where you could be in and out of the lineup every given night if you don't play very well. And I think that those guys, do you think that they should keep it together, exact same lineup for Vegas? Because I, I know that, yeah, me I, too. I'm sending the exact same guys over the boards against Vegas on Monday night. I, I, I love the old thing of you don't change a lineup after a win. And to me, the way they played tonight, I, would you say this is their best start to finish game, 60 minutes? Yeah, because they play. I think they played the third period the way that they, they needed to. They played like the awesome analytics the or the yeah. yeah. The numbers will probably show that it was a closer game than I think it was. But uh, no, I thought the Leafs were the better team, and then they they just played with a lead well, and it was a sign of maturity. You remember the Leafs from a couple of years ago that just couldn't protect the lead. Tonight, you felt pretty good about it. Simmer said it on the broadcast. He was like, you know, you look up and there's ten minutes. He was talking about how quickly the Leafs kind of sapped the life out of that game. He kept mentioning how how quickly the clock was ticking down. I First thought ten minutes of the third, they just was, they yeah, they just got rid of it. It was just gone. Like they so, had they had one good shift, Winnipeg, in the first ten minutes. So I there's some what other what other topics did you want to talk about? Because I had a couple other things that I noticed again tonight that I thought were impressive. Second, Are you done with the bottom six? Yeah, I'm done with the bottom six. I think okay, you're right. I think, I think you're right. Should be next. Okay, go ahead. Get on Tavares because I love that topic. Wasn't what I was going to go with, but I'm good with it. Well, I think that the story of the season from a positive standpoint has been how good Tavares looks. Definitely. It's not even like he's still, it's not like he's moving fast or anything like that. He just looks way more confident, which is weird because he's a $11 million player and he's the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's 900 really points like, in his career now. Yeah, and just but he looks like he when he's playing with the puck and he you saw it tonight with the goal, but a lot of times off the rush, he just looks like he's trying to play with more creativity. I think to me to me what I think with Tavares so far this year is I don't think he's ever been impatient with the puck, but to me it feels like he's taking an extra beat with it and making the I'm right saying. decisions. I, That's I, what I'm saying about the creativity. Like, he looks like he's taking an extra second to see, like, hey, what can I do with this? That first goal they got tonight, where Matthews makes that play along the boards, and, you know, he's fallen down. He fires it over to Marner, who finds Nylander, and Nylander makes that area touch pass through the legs that lands on Tavares' stick. And that is what John Tavares has done since he was probably you – know, Eight years old, seven years old. When he's John in front Tavares of in tight as cat. When he's in front of the net like that, I as soon as he pulled that toe drag and he went to the backhand and then put it back forehand, you just you knew it was in the net. He is amongst the top one percent of on planet Earth 
of people around the net. Like there is not many guys in the league that are better than him in that area. And to me, he just, it's hockey is the ultimate confidence game, man. He said he looks more confident. He probably is. The puck has been going in from him since the first game of the season. He's always been a guy that needs to have his points, needs to get his cookies. He's a point of game guy. That's kind of who he is. And it's kind of gone to his legs from the start of the season. The puck's been going in. It's been landed on his stick in the good spots. And now he's just, and the thing with him is he's just such a dog on a bone on the boards too. That's such an underappreciated part of his game. And I've just noticed that so much to start this year, how well he digs out pucks for Willie and Willie gets him into a good spot. And then Tavares gets it back. He's such a dog on a bone that way. So I've just loved the start from him. I, I, I don't know what else I can really even say about him. It's just the confidence and the decision-making, everything just seems like it's going yep. slow for him, and it's nice. Yep. It's nice to see. That's, that's a good way of putting it is things look slower for Tavares. Mm-hmm. Last year, people were talking about him looking slow. Now the game around him looks slow. And yep. I think he needed a really good start, too. And for maybe sure. this is part of what's playing into the confidence is he knew that coming into this offseason or coming out of this offseason, there had been those discussions about him moving off of center and what his long-term future was going to be like and how many years of his contract were going to be great versus bad versus okay, you know? And he comes out right away, and he's scoring, and he's playing well. I also think that, and just like quickly to finish this topic, mm-hmm. um, a big part of it is also Nylander. Nylander Definitely. has been oh, yeah. awesome. 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 Like, he, he looks like he – I know he only put on like a few pounds, but he looks like he put on like 15 pounds. Like mm-hmm. he just looks like a freak out there just about every single shift. He's driving play all the time. He's getting to the middle of the ice. He's getting to the net and he's making life easier for Tavares. And the other thing now too, with that line, they were my favorite line again tonight. And it's why, because also now they have another dangerous guy. You don't feel like they're just carrying some floater out there. Is Robertson going to be a perfect player? No, but he made a couple of nice plays with the stick on the back check again. Again, tonight. the defensive again zone tonight. play is what I noticed more tonight than the offensive yep. zone play. He made like a bunch of good reads where I'm like, wow, that's, Perfect, yep. because then you get Willie in transition, and then you get Tavares as a trailer, and you know what he does around the net. So yep. I agree, Nick Robertson again tonight. That's what I'm noticing. It's just his reads and his his strong stick and his transition play. And if you add both those guys on Tavares's wing, that is going to be a dangerous line. I just, I we talked about this with Kipper and Bourne on Friday. I really just hope he stays healthy because he's been crunched a couple times. He got nailed tonight, Robertson. And he was talking about it this morning in the pregame skate, talking about how uh, how he's still sore from the game against Dallas. It's a grind, man. And he's a little guy, and he got spanked yeah. again a couple times tonight. So I'm just praying he stays healthy because he looks so good. But yeah, that line has been... I'm. It's funny because Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are two of the best players on planet Earth, legitimately. And I, right now, am more looking forward to Tavares and Nylander shifts than I am looking forward to Matthews-Marner shifts. Like, they are looking more dangerous to me through six games than Matthews and Marner. And once Matthews and Marner find their game, you have a legitimate one-two punch here. Like, you're not talking about being annoyed. Remember how annoyed we were with Tavares and and Nylander? His bunk is frozen. I feel like his face hasn't moved in a while. Yeah, it looks like he's frozen. It's our. Uh, it was now time for our, our our freeze in the in the uh, in the show where Bunkus freezes. He's got a very serious face this time. <laughs> very serious face. Uh, he's frozen. He's inquisitive, thinking about my takes. So yeah, uh, I just I remember last year when they were kind of s- switching people on that first on that second line where it was you know they tried Kerfoot there for a while. 
and then they kind of broke it up. And then they put Robertson there last year for a I think maybe one or two games, and he wasn't nearly the guy that he is now, and it just didn't look right. And now having uh, Robertson join those guys, I'm happy to have those guys together now. And I have the feels like they've really picked up some chemistry, uh, Nylander and Tavares. And it just Matthews and Marner seem to be a little bit snake bit right now. Uh, the puck is landing on Matthew's stick in good spot. So I'm not too concerned about that. But man, that's a nice one two punch. And if they can find an identity for the bottom six, it's going to be a really dangerous team here. It's nice to see. So yeah, four and two start to start the year uh, after they, you know, they lose to the Coyotes and to the Habs and everybody is panicking and I'm panicking less now, I will say. Uh, the other thing I was going to bring up with Bunkus, if he ever gets back here, is I thought it was a second straight great game for Rasmus Sandin. Uh, I'm liking him a lot on the back end uh, on his natural side. He was playing out of position, playing on the bottom player, playing on his offside with Giordano. And I thought he had his worst two games to start the year. I was worried about him with his sort of his hop to start the year, to get his pop to start the year. And uh, he's back. He is back again. It, it's, hey, it's a nightly drop. I, I get to practice my to Vince me, Scully. I never left. To me, I never left. I don't know what it is on your guys. I just, I'm still here the entire time, and I hear everything. Um, <laughs> you heard everything? So, I just want to finish thought, though. is like, yeah, I did. And I just, he, to me, he's just a dangerous player, and having another dangerous guy out there with two other guys is great. Anyway, yeah, I don't know what the hell keeps breaking up with this thing. Anyway. Um, anything else on second line? I'm guessing that, you know, as I just closed that call and reopened it, that you finished your thoughts. Well, I ju- yeah, I just said that I love the fact that Tavares and Nylander are showing chemistry because we barely, we've seen more chemistry through for them through six games this year than we saw all of last season, I feel like. So it's nice yeah. to see. That's it. So next, oh, go next ahead. What topic. Next? What do you got? Well, you, you choose the next one. Yeah. I, Sandine to me. Mm. Sandine playing on the second pair on his correct side with a right shot defenseman and Justin Hall, who God, he still makes just boneheaded plays every night, but he's response. It's he's an ultimate give and take guy in terms of defense and Dumbo plays. But on the other side, I thought Sandine again tonight looked really strong and him playing on his natural side and getting a little bit more minutes and a bit more confidence. I'm, uh, I'm encouraged from what I've seen from him in the last two games. Yeah. Hasn't, it wasn't as big of a notice point for me in the game. Like didn't have him written down, but yeah, he played a pretty heavy amount of minutes to me. It's just like, that actually is one of my bigger fears right now is how much they're having to lean on guys like him and Giordano who played well, like didn't have bad games. It just, it just feels like this is a bit of an untenable workload. And I'm curious to see sort of how they're, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that for Sandine for Giordano. You don't think physically for Sandine, it's going to be a lot kid, man. He's young. Like, I feel like right now is when they should be leaning on him. Like, Mm. I I don't, I don't worry about him as much. I feel like he's a rugged enough guy that he can, he can handle it to me. I am way more worried about Giordano's workload. Like he's taking bumps. He's blocking shots. He's what did he play tonight? I don't have the stats in front of me, but it felt like he played a lot. He's now playing essentially like the Muzzin role on the team. And yeah, yeah, like that role wore Muzzin down over time. Mm -hmm. And so to think that like Mark Giordano, who's like damn near 40 years old now is going to have to do this. uh, It just feels time here for Giordano tonight. Just uh, talk amongst yourself there, bud. Oh, uh, anyways, I just, that's my only like concern is that I don't like Mete. Um, mm-hmm. I just think like he's trying to jump up in the rush in every play essentially, because he knows that's the only way that he's going to really impact the play. 
just feels like he's stat hunting too many times. Uh, when the puck goes back in his end and there's a forward that's able to forecheck on him, scares the crap out of me. So, yeah, you know what? Maybe the fact that I didn't really notice Sandine tonight is a really good thing outside of, uh, again, a couple of sharp plays offensively, a couple of nice passes, and then the, the hit from behind. Um, the other one for Giordano me Giordano like, was 17-20 tonight. Yeah, I was going to say he had to be close to 20. Um, I can't believe you went Sandine before Sammy, Sam Sonov. Mm. Uh, because to me, like that's the three stories of the game, fourth line Tavares and then Samsonov, um, just big tonight and gave up like quite a few rebounds, but was just like big in the net, made a ton of saves whenever they would kind of push, whenever they would be dangerous around the net, just kind of felt like he just kept getting a piece about things and then never really like putting the puck out back into dangerous spots. He just, he was awesome tonight. Uh, I, I wouldn't go that far. I thought he was good, but there was how many posts they hit tonight. He was kicking them. He was, how many? he was, uh, I think three, I think two or three. Uh, uh, what's his name? Hit two, at least Dubois hit two. I think they had another one. He kept I, in like outside post yeah, on I mean, far clean, shots from the wing. beat him clean on the blocker to hit the post. Yeah. I'm not a goalie uh, like you. I'm a shooter. He beat him clean. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. To me, Samson to me, to me it was one goal, buddy. He's yeah, I know. 30 pucks. I know. I thought he was good. I thought he was fine, but I just didn't think he was like a story of the game. I thought he made the saves he needed to. He had that one breakaway where the guy shot it at his chest. I can just, I hate how much we're talking and everybody's doing it. They did it on the broadcast tonight. I've seen Lee beat writers tweeting about it, talking about it. His hot starts to years. And it's always in the back of my mind. I can't yeah, you're enjoy, just, you're just I can't being enjoy this. You're being but a I contrarian. Know, I can't Here's enjoy this. No, I you're, can't you're enjoy being a contrarian. No, I'm not. It's, they yeah, keep, you are. It keeps getting hammered down my throat. No. I'm, yeah, I don't exactly. want it to be hammered down my no. throat. Everyone's talking about it. it, but in the back of my mind, in the back of my mind, it is there. It's there. Yeah. The other side of this is there. I this am thinking it. about it. The same. I am it. thinking about it. The, this is a post game show and it's like reacting yeah. to the game and the guy made 30 saves and, and you're talking okay. about like fine. outside he posts. He was fine. Man, his Kicking whole rebounds thing. into the slot, playing the puck badly. Like I can see how this flips is what I'm saying. He's been good yeah. enough through. He's been good enough through how many games he played Four. he's been good. There's no doubt. But hey, I am I am not in the full trust zone with Samsonov like you would are. be. Who would be? I'm not in like the full trust zone. Seems like yeah, you I said are. he had a good game. This is a post game eh. show. He was one of the eh. stories of the game. Uh, he he played good. he played extremely sure. well. He made 30 saves. He was big in the net. He never he had one really bad moment I thought where he tried to retrieve the puck from behind the net mm. and then he didn't really handle it well and kind of was swimming and it got a little spooky. Like you're count what you're counting a outside post shot from yeah. Pierre Luc yeah. Dubois that was shot from posts. the wing. And, mi- and like miss the listen, net. Those don't I, even listen. count our shots on net, buddy. Like, listen. what are you talking about? Post is nothing. No, I just, Samson, I just good. see that you're just I being just, a hater I'm, and you're being a I'm contrarian. I'm not being a you hater. Don't like to be a goalie well, guy. I can't, I can't be honest that I yeah, see the other why? side of this, that I'm worried about What's it. What's the other side? That these pucks that he's kicking straight into the slot and the swimming around, like the pucks are going to start to go in. That's what I'm Man. worried about. Samsonov, like if you look, there was a great article up on sportsnet.ca the other day. And it's like mm-hmm. the one thing that this guy has really struggled with throughout his career and basically cost him his job in Washington is that he couldn't stop slot chances. Like it was killing him, which is, yeah, the toughest ones in hockey, obviously home plate, like that gets everybody. They're tough to define as tough goals, but he was well below average on those shots. And in this game tonight, what happened? He made saves on those and his defenseman cleared the puck. And that's what's supposed to happen on a lot of those high danger ones. You're not killing every single one of those plays. The guy was big. He got a mm-hmm. piece of a ton of pucks. He kept them in the ball game. He never let it get away was, from them. No, he was he good. Never let in he a bad good. goal. He was good. He was and good. You're talking about how you can't put him in the trust tree. No one's asking you to. I'm just. I'm just. Listen. 
I watch. I don't love goalies, as you know. Yeah, that's and what I'm I, saying. You're trying to be a contrarian. I, I'm not. You sent me three texts tonight. Semi. Yeah. Semi. And save. then what? You get on I'm the just, show listen, and everybody. I, exactly. I'm you're honest. You're with trying you. to Hollywood it my, with the Toronto media my, stuff. Not, like I get it. Yeah. I'm not a contrarian at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not zagging here. I'm just being honest mm-hmm. with my best bud sitting here looking at you that no, I am on. concerned about him. I am. It's just in the back of my mind, the hot start stuff and him yeah. being Mr. Loved. <laughs> like there is the other side of this is all right. I'm saying. I, sure, the other side is that goalies are going to have cold spells. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that in a reaction show to a game that he had 30-plus saves, fine. it's very fine. strange no time. Not one of the stories of the game to me. Yeah, very strange time to bring up like that it's in the back of your mind that he might end up stinking sometime because yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> warning signs. You know, it's yeah, like, there's just warning signs to me. Yeah. There's just all warning right. signs to me. Fine. That's all. Uh, my last one is just Matthew Snakebit. Um, mm-hmm. He looks like a guy who's pressing. And... He's it's weird because there were moments where you and I go, hey, it doesn't look like he's taken some of the shots that he used to. And then his shot rate is through the roof. He's taken a million shots. He's still drawing penalties. He's still obviously having a huge impact on the game. He's the focal point of the power of the other team's penalty kill. I just I the whole thing about how he needs to actually shoot one in the net. I'm there now. I'm going, you got to shoot one in the net. Mm-hmm. He whiffs on that one puck early in the game, and then he's grabbing his side, and then he doesn't grab it the rest of the game. I don't know. It just feels yeah, like. Bruised, de- bruised ego on that one. Yeah. He, fa- what... he fanned, and then like, listen, I've, I've done that too. Everyone's done that in their respective sport. We're like, oh, man, my little cross check, my little cross check boo-boo hurts mm-hmm. after I miss a wide open one-timer that didn't go in the back of the net. Like, I get, I get it. I know what he was doing. But I, yeah, I would like to see one go in. I'm at the point now where it's it's getting a little annoying. Where I, the one that I thought was the best chance that he had tonight was the the backhander that Hellebuck stopped, where it like kind of landed on his stick in the slot and he kind of turned his body and tried to backhand it, and Hellebuck got that big glove across. Listen, it's coming. I don't. Th- I, it's coming here soon. I mean, what did he have through the first six last year? One or two? Was it? Wasn't it like the big story? I feel no like it doesn't. It doesn't excuse it. He had a slow start last year. I'm not saying it excuses it. But I just think that they're coming here soon, and it's annoying how snake bitty is. There's no See, doubt. I yeah, I don't even like. Yeah, I think everybody knows the numbers are coming. He's the mm-hmm. number one five on five scorer since he came in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really a concern. It's more just like an observation of this guy looks like he's pressing. He's taking a few extra shots. He doesn't look really like himself at times in the game. And when he's not going, the rest of the line isn't going because they're looking for him, right? They want to get him one, and it just feels like he's been a little cursed. And I do wonder, though, for the guy who doesn't seem to care at all about anything, like always seems so unbothered, yeah, whether this is a little bit in his head now. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I think he knows how nasty he is, and he probably doesn't even care. I think it's more on the other side that he doesn't even give a, a damn about it. He doesn't. Yeah, I don't think he thinks not. twice about it. He knows it's going to go in the net. I, I had something else for you. Yeah, do you, what do you got? Is this... I love this rivalry. This is now like these yeah, guys hate each other and it's not like a forced rivalry. I think the best thing to come out of the Canadian division was this rivalry. Like these teams legitimately same seem to hate each other. Well, it wasn't these, losing to Montreal in the first round. No, <laughs> that was, that was certainly wasn't the best thing. <laughs> that was the worst. By far, was the I, think, I think it's pretty easy yeah. to differentiate between <laughs> yeah, those two. That part, that part stunk. But, I hated that part. But I, uh, yeah, I like these Jets games. I look forward to these Jets games. There seems to be a genuine hate. There's way more of a hate than there is with any of the natural rivals. Like th- this game's always greasier than any Montreal game or any B- Ottawa game or even the Bruins. Like this game's always way greasier. 
And I just wish they played more than twice a year. It's an awesome yeah, rivalry. Me too. Like Dubois, too. A, Dubois, Dubois a punk. Pionk's a punk. Like, I hate all those guys. I, I love rooting against them. And it just it makes me so happy that this is their fans' biggest night of the year. They play the Leafs. Like, the you know, the Yankees roll into town, the team that matters the most. You know, you get all greased up, put your ugly Jets jersey on, you head down to the old crappy barn. Jets and jersey just, tonight was hot. Oh, no, but their home, their normal jerseys are yeah. awful. Garbage. They've been yeah. awful since day hey, one. They, Jets, they, they, switch oh, to these jerseys hey, full hey, time. Hey, how about wear the super gorgeous ones yeah. that you have right there? Just wear yeah. those ones. Yeah. But it just, I, I love that they just went in there and just beat the pants off them. And all those Jets fans had to look at all those drunk Leaf fans that are just whooping it up all night. It's a great night if you're a Leaf fan at that barn because there's so many yeah. Leaf fans and you got sour, you got sour Jets fans. I love that rivalry, and I'm happy. It's a great, it's a great one them. for the the Leaf fans that didn't have to fight because there oh, were some fights. Oh, there's oh, body there. Over, <laughs> un, over under, over under eleven and a half fights tonight yeah. around the barn. <laughs> some fights tonight, and <laughs> and there's some guys, there's some guys right now at the bar in Winnipeg that are going. Hey, I'm glad we got out of there without a fight, and yeah. the fight is yet to come. And there's guys looking at Do they have Uber in Winnipeg? I don't even know if they have Uber there. But they're like, hey, time for the Uber, boys? And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, let's get the Uber, guys. Let's head out. Yeah, you know what? Tonight might be a good night to just drink in the hotel if you're visiting from out of town. (laughs) This would be my suggestion. Don't hang out with your Leaf fan friends. Don't be around the, the barn. But leave, some... leave the fridge full of the Bud Lights and just head back there and, and watch the enjoy highlights. the Yeah, watch all oh, dude. Going to a game and then your team wins mm-hmm. and then going back to the hotel room with the fellas and just crushing some cold ones that you've got waiting for you is and that high highlight real goals tonight too. Like Simmons. Simmons with one of the passes of the year. That's gonna be one of the assists of the year. Those hands aren't just for punching, they're for uh they're for nasty little between the leg passes. And Tavares's tip was sick off a of Matthew shot. And hey, both Tavares goals were amazing. When when Tavares does a sally like that, it really mm-hmm. gets me going because he doesn't usually get that fired up for goals. And you know, just to go back to the rivalry, that he hates the Jets and he hates that team. And when he got that goal, he did the big sally. That was did that end up being the game winner? No, that was the third. They won four one, right? So that was the third goal. But that kind of was the insurance. So yeah. I I love that. So yeah, you're enjoying those highlights tonight in Winnipeg, trying to hide from a fight. My last thing, though, on that is I just want to say a words I shouldn't say on here to the ref mm. that broke up Shifley Simmons. Oh, yeah. Let me have it. Like, is that skilly? Um, oh, it was right there. It was right there. Like, both those guys wanted it. Two big fellas. Shifley. Was a good scrap. Oh, it would have been a great scrap. It was right there. And they just, that ref just did a full, like, Ronda Rousey judo flip of Shifley just got him right out of there. And I went, no, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. And then they gave Simmons the penalty. That was a tough moment in the game. But yeah, like, God, I don't, again, I don't care. I like fights. And I thought mm-hmm. for sure we were going to get a couple more tonight. Morgan Riley, that was great. Like I said, yeah. I thought like he really set the tone. This is why some guys think that Morgan Riley is the true captain of the team. Because it's just like, yeah, man, he's just a, he gets it. Like he's heart and soul player. Cares. Um, I'm not hard. saying Tavares doesn't do it, uh, like doesn't care, doesn't do it, but it's just like Morgan Riley just, he just, he seems to be able to tap into the tone of what they need a little bit more. And he just also resonates, I think, more with the fans because he's just, he can be more human, mm-hmm. right? Like he can just be more he's the human best about the team. Yeah, for sure he is. He's the, oh, he's number one guy that I've enjoyed interviewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want my dead last? Yes. <laughs> Tavares? No, on this current team, 
Worst interview I ever had was with Marner. Oh, yeah. But worst one I've ever had overall was Hyman. Really? Yeah. He's Hyman. pretty affable, though, I thought. I know, but I, I think I just caught him on a bad day because it was mm. like Leafs outdoor practice day, and I think somebody oh, handed yeah. him a phone, and he was outside, and he just called, freezes like, bag like, off. Every, every answer was like, <laughs> yeah, no. And I went, all, so, right, all right. Like, I prepped uh, for this for three hours. So I used to do like on Leaf Station post game or like during the I used to do the interviews in the intermissions like I would go down before COVID and then COVID stopped that and then I stopped doing Leaf Station pre and post or whatever. But I used to go down and interview the guys and I'd text Steve Keogh, the PR guy, and I'd go down and do like a little one two banger. And it was always fun doing it with like the veteran guys because it was just like a business transaction. Like I did. I remember I did Marlowe a couple times. And we yeah. were just like, we were like, we were just like yeah. rapping. I just like, yeah. I barely said anything. He just yeah. gave me like stock, 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 yeah. stock. Like, <laughs> stock. Just, oh, like, buddy. Marlo's like, got some hockey? stock answers I'm like, hockey? He's like, hockey, hockey, yeah. hockey. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> so Dude. I always love that. Those veteran Mar- guys always just know what to say. Marlo has to stick to stock because when the only time I haven't seen him do stock was when he did his Borat impression, and it was it was it was, it was the worst thing that. ever. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. I gotta look that up. Where'd you no. go, did he do it with Marner? I don't even know no, what he, he did. He did it. it with Christine Simpson. Had him. For, okay. Remember, she had the big picture, the big show. Only Christine the Simpson could get Patrick Barlow to do a goddamn a hundred percent. She said to him, "She was like, I hear you do a pretty good Borat." And I went, first of all. <laughs> no. Where'd Everybody you- does a Borat. <laughs> Everybody does a Borat. Like it's that's not a thing. That's not uh, like imagine you met somebody at a party and they went and you're like, yeah, like you had a couple drinks and they went, you know, I really do a good Borat. You'd be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Get out of here! And he did it. And he did the like my wife, and that was all he did. And I, yeah, I wanted, so, I wanted to be shot out of a cannon because I just was, I, I needed to get off the planet. I was, I was dying of cringe. I have a, I have a big time. This is way off the rails now, but I have a quick uh, Borat story that I'm so upset about. At my wedding, which was recently, um, I gave a speech, which kind of went <laughs> on and on. And I, I forgot we were talking to the audience. He was like, yeah, yeah I was there. And and I went on and on, and I was, you know, pretty emotional and saying how much I loved everybody. And I had it written in my big time cue cards. I had a million cue cards and I was going to hit everybody at the end and be like, finally, I officially get to say my wife. And I completely forgot because I was so emotional and I'll never forgive myself because I thought I was, you know, that's that kind of room. It would have hit a little bit. I was the groom. People would have had to laugh at my joke. So that's uh, that's it. That's my wife. My wife. Here's what here's what I would like to say is that. It was a good thing that didn't happen. And you should have kept that to yourself. <laughs> like, you know that other people heard you say that, right? <laughs> like, Moab. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're done here. Obviously, that's a good way to close. Again, if you uh, want us to go live on YouTube after uh, Monday night's 10 o'clock banger and the 1030 crusher, just the 1030 real gut punch sock. Oh, I'll tell you right now. That when our buddy David Sis says, Hey guys, you want to test the no. audio in the second intermission of the 1030 game? I'd be sour. David Sis is gonna get hit with a harsh text. <laughs> you better send me a wake-up call. Yeah, <laughs> That's it's gonna be harsh. Uh, um I, you know what? That that one might go up in the second intermission if the Leafs are up big or down. It's just fired <laughs> up. Get it going. We're done here. Anyway, um love that idea. Anything for you to plug for Monday? I got Christopher Steed coming on. Always nice. fun. Uh nothing. Nothing. 
Nothing to plug. All right, nothing to plug. Other than our Instagram and Twitter, at JD Bunkus, at Sam McKee, both uh, Sam A. McKee, uh, both on Twitter and on Instagram. Shoot us a DM anytime. Shoot us a tweet. Share this podcast. Share the stream. Do all those nice things. And most importantly, leave five-star reviews. That's, Baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good night. This is my wife.